Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show, and you know us as the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you for staying with us into our guest segment. And we're going to be joined by Lindley Oz in just a moment. And I'll tell you, she's got some heavy-duty words from the Lord. And I'm not saying that with hyperbole. I'm saying that with all due seriousness. Because we are, and I got demonetized for saying this at YouTube. They demonetized the video. But we're in a spiritual war every bit as much, if not more so, than we are a physical war. And we're going to be getting into that with Lynn. But first, I need to let you know there are some people who pay the bills around here. And we got to make sure that we give them their due diligence and uh, let you know about these great products they have available. First of all, we're brought to you by preparewithdave.com. Now, what's that? That's our storable food. And at a time when people are price gouging and there's food inflation and food shortages are being to prop up and eventually, you know, if the wrong people get in charge food's going to be used as a weapon they're posturing with all the millions of cows that have been killed and so forth don't put yourself in jeopardy don't be you know a pawn to the globalists who will starve you into submission and this is why you need to go storable food restaurant quality food and a lot of diversity breakfast lunch and dinner no glyphosates no gmos 25 year shelf life and a 40% savings on the four-week emergency package. Yeah, that's right. People are buying multiples. We had a guy the other day buy 60 of these. People say, how much food do I need? Well, DHS used to say six months. Bob Griswold, our survival expert, says two years and seeds. That's my recommendation, too. Go to preparewithdave.com. Now, if you have food, you got to have water, right? And you'll have no trouble getting standing water in tough times. But will it be drinkable? Well, if you have the Alexa Pure Pro water filter, it will be. And the research is at waterwithdave.com, and they compare themselves to their competitors, and there is no comparison. And they're offering 40% off waterwithdave.com. So you got the food, foodwithdave.com. You got the water, waterwithdave.com. And now you have Lindley Oz with Dave, but no.com. But we're going to get into dot Jesus, dot God, dot spiritual warfare. We're going to get into it all. Lynn, thank you so much. It's always such a pleasure to have somebody like you with your unique gifts and insight to come on our show. Well, thank you for inviting me because so many things are happening and I have just been spending most of my time in prayer and in God's word and have really been hearing from the Lord as of late. You know, when I talk to the Lord, <laughs> this is probably stupid for me to say this. But sometimes I have long commutes to where I go because I live in the middle of nowhere. I have conversations with the Lord. I don't know if that makes me schizophrenic or deeply spiritual, <laughs> but, but I do. That's when I talk to the Lord. And then I talk to him other times, too, when I'm in my quiet moments and I pray. But we have these ongoing conversations. Do you ever find yourself doing that, too? Oh, yeah. In fact, you know, he speaks to me in my mind. And every time he does... Whatever he tells me ends up happening, or if I didn't listen, what he warned me of happens. And so the Bible tells us that his sheep hear his voice mm -hmm. and know his voice. And it's something that if you've had happen all of your life, especially, and you're staying close to him, that you will know his voice. And I love it. He always gave me the song uh, from the time I was a little girl. By Billy Joel, I want you just the way you are. I love you just the way you are. Well, I never realized what it was about that song till a few months ago. And you'll appreciate this, Dave. I was on my way home from dropping my daughter off and I was going through some horrible things and I was listening to that song and I all of a sudden realized what God was speaking to me through that song. It's the part that says, I just want someone that I can talk to. 
And he does. He wants people who are, who can, he can just talk to and have a conversation with and who are open to hearing from him. And we all hear from him in different ways. You know, there's different ways he communicates to all of us. I know, and and I feel that too. And sometimes it happens in the most uh, unexpected ways. And uh, I've learned to tune that in where when I was much younger, I tuned it out as kind of like my mind's running wild and I didn't know how to tune into it, but I do now. And uh, boy, I tell you, sometimes he needs to speak to me before I do wrong things. You ever feel that way? Oh yeah. And what's really funny is it's that still small voice and you'll do something and the louder voice is usually your own mind or the enemy. So you'll do what the louder voice says and then you'll mess up and all hell breaks loose. And then you'll think back to that split second thought you had and you think, why didn't I just do that instead? I w- it would have saved me all this trouble. I know. I know. I hear you too. Um, well, anyway, here we are in the midst of America being torn apart. And uh, to, to me, there's legitimate protests. I was outraged by the death of George Floyd as well. And uh, I, I don't like it when I hear about police brutality, which I do not think is common. I think we um, megaphone it so much that it seems more prevalent than it is. And I support the police, but I also think we need to look at ourselves and have some review and look at our policies and procedures. Defunding is ridiculous. And I just read today a poll from uh, Huffington Post where most black people by a 20% margin do not favor defunding the police. They want reasonable reforms. Just goes to show you most people are reasonable, but we're in this crazy time where our country is being overthrown. It truly is being overthrown by communist subversives. Um, where, Where does spirituality come into all this? Well, there's no doubt whether you're a pre-trib, pre-trib believer and you're listening to this or a mid-trib or post-trib or pan-trib or whatever trib you are, there's no doubt that we are entering into the times of tribulation. It, most mid-tribbers and post-tribbers believe that we're already seeing the seals opened. Pre-tribbers believe we're in the time of sorrows that happen up to, you know, the birth pangs that happen up to the tribulation. Either way. We know that very biblical events are happening. In fact, I I don't place a lot of emphasis on dreams only because it seems everybody's having dreams anymore. But I had a dream last night and it was one of those dark apocalyptic dreams that woke me up. And the part of the dream I wanted to share with people is I was in this house and it was my house, but it was a house that in real life I don't recognize. And there were two children with me, and in my dream, they were my children, but just like the house in real life, I don't know who these children were. And I looked out the window and I saw leaves spinning around in the air and debris. And I thought, what in the heck? There were no sirens, no warnings, nothing. I opened up the front door and right there in my front yard, coming toward my front door was a tornado. And so I grabbed these children who were mine in the dream and started screaming, get downstairs, get to shelter. And then I woke up. Now, what I really noticed when I woke up in the middle of the night that stood out to me is there was no warning. The sky wasn't dark. The sun was shining. There were no sirens or nothing. So what the Lord spoke to my heart about that dream when I was praying about it today was that something 
is getting ready to happen and there will be no warning at all. It will just happen just like that, like in the blink of an eye, something, and it's not something good. Okay. Something bad is getting ready to happen and and there will be no warning. So that was one thing I feel the Lord spoke to me last night in my dream. Well, let me ask you this, and I think I already know the answer, but um, you said there's no warning, but do you have any idea from the dream what it was? Did you get an after view look? No, it was just a storm. And it kind of took me to Psalm 23, where it talks about, when you think about the, the uh, I believe it's the third seal, where it says that the wheat and the barley, you know, the prices are jacked up on the wheat and the barley, but do not harm the oil and the wine. Okay, now you can look in Psalm 23. It talks about the oil. It talks, God has prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He has anointed my head with oil. My cup runs over. Okay, the Lord revealed to me, symbolically speaking, I understand that the third seal is about famine, prices getting jacked up, possibly an economic crisis. But symbolically speaking, the wheat represents the rich people. The rich people could afford wheat and eat wheat. The poor people ate barley. In fact, they used barley for feed grain. So from the rich to the poor is everyone. So symbolically, the third seal is everyone from rich to the poor will be harmed except, and here's the good news for those of you out there listening who are Christians, the oil and the wine will not be harmed. The oil represents the Holy Spirit and the anointing and his protection. The wine represents redemption of sins, the blood of Jesus Christ, and we will have to lean on him, but he will provide. Read Psalm 23. It's prophetic about end times, and he will provide for his people who draw near to him and trust in him. So I wanted to make sure to share that too. Well, I think that's really good that you're sharing it, but do you see that applying to now where God will take care of his own? Yes, but I believe, well, actually that leads to something else, what you're asking me. So I prayed last night and I said, Father, I feel in my spirit there's something that you want me to share on Dave's show tomorrow. Please speak to me. So I just prayed and prayed and I grabbed my pen and I just kind of, I had a whole flood of things come to me and I wrote it down as the Lord gave it. And I would like to go ahead and share it. It's a little bit lengthy. That's okay. That's why I have I, you on, Lynn. We want to hear this. <laughs> so please, please continue with all my blessing. Okay. And for those of you out there listening, I don't prefer to explain myself or say, oh, this is from God. So don't blame me when I give a word from the Lord because it's an insult to God. So all I'm going to ask you guys to do is to pray about this and seek the Lord on this. You should, when anyone gives a word they say is from the Lord, compare it to the Bible and pray about it. Don't just accept it. So please, everyone out there, just pray about this. So he gave me this vision some time ago when I was going through my own ordeal of this little girl running through a flowery meadow. And Jesus was chasing after her and they would tumble to the ground laughing and playing. Okay. And then every time the vision would restart, the little girl was a little bit older. So he wanted me to share that with your listeners. And so I wrote it as he wanted it shared. It says, when my bride was but a child, I met with her in the flowery meadows and lush green fields. And we ran and played and fell to the ground together in laughter. 
Every day we met at the same hour of the day. She was my joy, my happiness, my reason. But as she grew older, our visits became shorter and less frequent. She would arrive late until finally she did not come at all. Still, I came to the same place at the same hour each day, faithfully waiting for her. One day, I wandered to the edge of the woods near our meeting spot and peeked around a tree. I heard the sound of her laughter and witnessed her in the arms of another. I was jealous and hurt and my heart ached because I knew the one that she was with was evil and sought to harm her. I would wait for her as they parted company and gently remind her of my love for her, but she ignored me. I faithfully continued going to our spot, waiting and hoping she would return. From time to time, she would come to me weeping because her lover had hurt her, but then she would run right back into his arms again. I am still waiting on my beautiful bride to return. I will go to our place each day and wait, hoping she will come back to me. But time is nearly up. The hour is at hand. Oh, my foolish bride. I long for you and to see your smile. I long to hear your love for me and your voice. I long to hear your laughter. I hold open my arms, awaiting your embrace. When will you come back to me, your first love? Unite your heart with mine. Adulterous woman, I will forgive you and take you back as a virgin. Flee your lover. He does not love you back. He seeks to destroy you and enslave you. His path leads to eternal death. Come to me and let me love you. Give your heart to me and I will forgive you. The hour is near. So then he gave me a little bit more, but I didn't know if you wanted to comment on anything yet. I'm wondering if you're not talking about the church. Yes. In fact, that is the church who has left her first love. Mm -hmm. And she has in bed with the enemy. So, yes, very much so. And, you know, I went through a terrible ordeal in a marriage where I believed the man was a Christian. I was a little bit backslidden and he was a flaming sociopathic narcissist, which we've discussed on previous shows. And he was just filled with all sorts of evil. And so the Lord had used that symbolically for me at one time and the evil one who I was in the arms of another and left my first love for was this sinful man I was with. It was leading me into sin, all sorts of sin. It was horrible. So that originally came for me, but then the Lord came back to me with it several months ago and said, this vision isn't just for you anymore. It's for my bride. She has left me. I'm waiting for her to come back with open arms. <laughs> yeah, I, I see that. And I'll just say 501c3. And I'll say pastors who submit to government regulations, pastors. Let me ask you this. During COVID-19, when Walmart's opened and not obeying social distancing laws, do you think Jesus at that time would have opened his church for worship? Of course, I think Jesus, because the church is his people. You know, we are the church. And I think that as Christians that we just continue worshiping the Lord in all things. And I think it's very important that we just continue worshiping the Lord and praising him and giving thanks to him, no matter what's going on. Hmm. I think you're right on the money. Um, 
And by the way, we have a communications issue, and I've had several. I see you sent me a text, um, and it just came through, and you sent it a while back. <laughs> 20 minutes to be exact. I'm being messed with like you wouldn't believe. So please continue, because I have a feeling that you're going to speak to me about the harassment I've been undergoing as well, too. Oh, yes. We're, I'm telling you right now, anyone who is speaking the truth for the Lord is going to be so harassed by the enemy. It's not funny. But we have to remember, okay, that the end times, and this is very important, I have to say this. As we're going through these things and we're, we have fear and worry and we see these things and we begin to feel a heaviness and sadness, I want everyone to remember, and it says this all throughout the Bible and in the book of Revelation, I don't have the verse in front of me, but the reason these things happen is because God is bringing justice for his people. We know that these things have to happen so that God can judge the sin and God can judge Satan and the kingdom of hell. And so that he can bring justice for the people. In fact, the book of Revelation is the fulfillment of the book of Psalms, which is the pleading of God's people for justice. So as we go through these things, remember that the Lord, your God is allowing these things to happen, to bring you justice and everyone who has ever been treated unjustly. Uh, think about all the unborn babies that have died unjustly. Think about all the Christians throughout history that have been martyred. He is bringing us justice. So I will go ahead and share the rest of this word with you. The Lord gave me last night. Okay. The people have forgotten their first love. They have forgotten the truth of God's word. They have rebelled and slipped away, seduced by false doctrine, seduced by a different gospel. They have puffed up false teachers who have not loved them, but instead have boasted of things that are not of me, tickling their ears to inflate their own fame and fortune. Yes, they have forgotten me. They pray to a different God and walk after a different Jesus. They have even forgotten why they are here. They have made idols, not only of worldly leaders, money, entertainment, and more, but of themselves as well, seeking to please their flesh and their desires over me. They have also forgotten the poor, the widow, the brokenhearted, the unrepentant, and the prisoners, a people who slaughter millions of innocent, unborn children, neglect their own household, neglect the elderly, the sick, and homeless, and they wonder why plagues? Why are cities burned to ashes and destroyed? Why is there chaos and rebellion in the streets? Why? Mass destruction and chaos over the death of a wicked man. And they have forgotten the innocent man who freely offered up his life as a sacrifice so they could live. So because they forget and have ignored my pleadings for repentance and trample the gift of love given them, the gift of salvation, they will be stripped of their pride, arrogance, and self-confidence. They look to man for their hope and salvation and accredit man with the judgment of a righteous and holy God. They refuse to give praise and glory to the one who gave them life. They refuse to repent. So they will receive the reward of their idols and hardness of heart. But those who are of my kingdom, a kingdom that is not of this world, those who stand firm on my truth, 
those who refuse to bend their knee to anyone or anything but me, those who have not cast their pearls before the swine, those who refuse to fornicate with the harlot church, those who have not put their hope in man or within themselves, those who have not provoked me to anger but have loved me, those who have washed their garments clean, those who put their hope in me and me alone, I will be with them because they are mine. They are my faithful bride. I will be their mighty stronghold in the day of trouble, and they shall lean safely on me. I will be their light in the darkness. Their love and faithfulness will be the oil of their lamps. I will cover them beneath my wings. Their cisterns shall never run dry. I will bless and multiply their grain because they have blessed me and have not forgotten me. I will bless and multiply their oil and wine. They shall drink the sweetness of my pure honey and that shall be as medicine to their stomach. Their milk shall not spoil. My right arm shall gather them close to my heart and my left hand shall shield them from the fiery darts of the enemy. Beneath my wings they shall find shade from the heat of the sun and shelter from the tumultuous winds. Yes, those who are mine, who have loved me more than their own lives, who have put their trust and their hope in me, who have not strayed from my precepts, I will gather them as a mother gathers her children before the storm. They will know that I am. The wicked shall only see the outcome of their wickedness, but the righteous will only look and see the dogs returning to their own vomit. The wicked will live in terror and hide from their own destruction. They will know that I am God. But the pride of their father, Satan, will be like a city in the wilderness around them. Yes, it is I, the Lord God Almighty, the Holy One of Israel, the first, the last, the great I am, who gives, and it is I who take away. I will strip them naked, and desolation will be their covering. Their pride, their arrogance, their self-confidence will be removed by the very gods they have put before me. And then, might even a few remember me, the Lord God Almighty? And might even a few remember the blood covenant of my son, Jesus Christ, Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And might even a few listen to the voice of my spirit, the mediator between God and man and repent. My people remember me for it is written. I stand at the door and knock anyone who hears my voice and opens the door. I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord says to the churches. And that was the end of what the Lord gave to me last night. That's pretty amazing. And it sounds like, well, let me ask is how scriptural is this in terms of a verbatim verse? Um, because there's a lot there that sounds familiar. I don't know, because I just wrote, <laughs> as, okay. I just wrote as the Lord, like, and I'm not talking about, there's something people try to talk about called spiritual writing or something. I'm not talking about that. I was in prayer and I wrote the words of the Lord down as he spoke it to me in my spirit. Now the part at the end that I shared where it said it is written, that is from Revelation chapter three, and it is the end of the part about the Laodicean church. So that is directly from the Bible. 
Okay, but you know, it, it would sound to a layman like you were reading directly from the Bible. Isn't that interesting? Yes. I think it's very interesting. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence either. The If you were to, t to formulate this into a summary takeaway, how would you summarize what you just said? Basically, God wants his people to stop looking. Now, when I say looking, okay, I don't mean that we're not supposed to have our eyes opened and see what's going on, or does it mean we're not supposed to report what's going on as it relates to Bible prophecy? What I mean by this is we're supposed to keep looking to the things above, to our redemption that draws near. We are supposed to give God glory. And I see a lot of people giving glory to man. And I know this is a sensitive issue, but, and I'm not talking about everybody. We're supposed to pray for our worldly leaders and things like that. But there are a lot of people who are idolizing our worldly leaders and who are giving our worldly leader credit for what's happening. Oh, it's because the election's coming up or this and that. But what we need to do is we need to say, God is allowing these things to happen because he's trying to wake up the sleeping bride. God is allowing these things to happen because he wants people to repent. God is allowing these things to happen because judgment, which begins in the house of God, is here. And God wants people to give him praise and glory for these things. Yes, they're bad things. But even as I said in the book of Revelation, he wants praise and glory because he is bringing justice for his people. He is in charge. Nothing happens without his signature on it. So I think that he wants us to lean on him. He wants us to look to him. He wants us to depend on him. He wants us to start putting our trust in him instead of putting our confidence in ourselves or in leaders or in human beings. God wants praise and honor and glory, and he wants us to trust him. And he wants his bride who has wandered away. There is an apostate church right now, and I did a whole documentary on it. And it is the NAR Dominionist. And for those of you interested, you can go to my YouTube channel. It's titled The False Prophet. It's a documentary. Okay, this is a very dangerous movement. Okay, it sounds godly what they're doing. But what they want to do is they want to take the kingdom of heaven by force. They believe it's their job to establish the kingdom of heaven on this earth to make Jesus come back. That is Jesus Christ's job when he returns. And God doesn't take people by force. God wants us to come to him by our own will. So there's a lot of more to that. However, many of us are in bed with the apostates and we don't even realize it. So it's time for us to wake up and to repent and return to our spiritual roots to the truth of Jesus Christ and the truth of God's word. And we need to start getting into God's word ourselves. And this is another thing God laid on my heart. Too many of us are listening to preachers and teachers and YouTube videos, including mine. Okay. We need to get into God's word ourselves. Pray before you get into it. Ask him to clear your mind and reveal it to you because we have been taught a lot of lies by the apostate church. There's a lot of deception right now. Jesus warned us over and over and over again in the New Testament and all throughout. See that you are not deceived. Do not be deceived. He talks about a falling away. In fact, he warned us of deception more than he warned us about an antichrist. 
of this great apostasy, the deception, the last book of the Bible before Revelation is Jude. Jude is all about the apostasy, the last church in Revelation chapter 3, the Laodicean church. That is the apostate church. Interestingly enough, the church of Philadelphia, and you guys can go research this for yourself. I've been in Revelation now for months. Research it yourself. The Philadelphia church is the remnant church. They are the ones who only the one with the key, the key of David can open and shut. They are the ones the false Jews will bow down to. They are the ones who will not have to endure what the rest of the world endures. They are the ones who have the name of God and the name of his holy city on their forehead. Go read it. So the Philadelphia church is the remnant church. The seventh church is the Laodicean church. Jesus warned us of the great apostasy and we've been looking for the Antichrist, but we have all forgotten about the false prophet. And I know many people will disagree with this, and it's something none of us really know, but we've been taught. But just like the bride is referred to in the Bible in singular, the bride, but we know the bride is many people. The false prophet isn't necessarily one person. And I believe the, from what the Lord has shown me, that the NAR Dominionist movement are the apostate uh, false prophet can you church. Explain, can you explain that last part, the NAR Dominionist movement? Can you explain that? It's the New Apostolic Reformation Movement, also known as Dominionist Movement. They are the uh, evangelicals today who are trying to uh, build the kingdom of heaven on this earth. They have their seven mountain mandate, which is actually the beast system. They want to take control of all of it. And that all sounds good to us Christians. Who doesn't want abortion to come to an end? Who doesn't want all these other things, the 10 commandments established in our government? But let me tell you, that's unbiblical because that doesn't happen until Jesus comes back. And they want to take the kingdom of, of earth by force and force all these things. You can't force a Christian nation. And if you if you don't keep these things separate until Jesus comes, you could have basically a coup, a takeover by Muslims or by whatever. So it, it's a lot to try to explain. However, it's very dangerous. It is not at all what it seems. It's very deceptive. So I just encourage everyone to do some research on the new apostolic reformation dominionist movement. And I have a whole documentary on it that was just uploaded several weeks ago called the false prophet. And I encourage everyone to go watch it. In fact, if you want Dave, I'll send you the link to it and you can post it somewhere. <laughs> well, that somewhere will be on my website. Please do send that. Yeah, I will, because it's something people need to wake up to. Jesus told us that the deception would be so great that if possible, even the elect, the elect folks are us, those of us who are true hardcore believers. He said that even the elect, if possible, could be led astray. That's some strong deception. Well, and I'm just telling you what the Lord's laid on my heart, whether people agree with it or not, it's not going to be a Muslim or or somebody who Christians aren't taken by. It's going to be somebody that even if possible, that his elect could be deceived by. Something that sounds good 
to Christians. So folks, what I want to encourage you to do is don't take my word for it. Do your own research because this is the day of deception. We've got to do our research on stuff. We cannot just trust everything we see. Look how much, look how many of us trusted things that we see on the internet, like this whole thing that was going around. It was a picture of a Simpsons episode and people were saying, oh, this was George, George's death was predicted on the Simpsons and it showed a police officer with his knee on the neck of a gentleman and it showed, you know, the girl in the background holding a sign that said, George will come to find out that whole thing was fake. Somebody made that after all this happened. So we can't just believe everything we see. And I don't know about you, but my eternal person and the eternal person of, of the people and of my children and God's people is very, very important to me. So we need to know the truth and we do not want to be deceived. And if Jesus Christ himself warned us tons and tons of times over and over, don't be deceived. See, I have told you, if they say, look, here he is in the desert, don't believe it. He talks about deception. If Jesus warned us himself, it was that great, folks. We had better be doing some hardcore Bible study and some hardcore prayer and some hardcore drawing close to Jesus Christ. Do you see evidence that this is happening? Which part? That we're drawing closer to Jesus Christ and that um, there is beginning to be an infiltration of the Holy Spirit. What I'm seeing, to be honest with you, unfortunately, is a falling away. I see most people following this apostate church. And I see a falling away from people because people are too busy looking into the world and leaning on the world for their answers and the leaders of this world for their hope and their answers. And I see a lot of people having uh, anger and hate issues right now. Narcissism, which is the spirit of Jezebel. A lot of people are deceived right now and are falling away just like the Bible tells us. Hmm. So the answer is to get into the word. The answer is to go to the Lord and pray like never before and spend quality time every day in prayer with him. Not just a quick heavenly father. Thank you for this day. Forgive me of my sins. Bless my mom and my dad and my sisters and brothers. And by the way, help me out with this and that in Jesus name. Amen. I'm talking about serious one-on-one -on -one prayer time with the Lord and getting into his word. And before you get into his word, pray and pray for understanding and pray that he opened your eyes. And here's what I did before I read revelation. And it took me a few times of reading it before the Lord revealed some great things to me, which I'm not ready to share. But, um, I went to him and I prayed and I went to that verse in the Bible that says, ask him for wisdom and that he will give it to you in abundance. So I did that. And I prayed before I read and I just can't encourage people enough to get into the word. If you just have to start somewhere, start in the book of Matthew and read all the way through. And if you don't understand revelation, there's a special blessing for those of us who read it and hear it. So read it anyways, pray, get the word of God in your heart. Don't believe me. Don't believe the next person. Don't take anybody's word for it. Get into his word for yourself and stick close to Jesus. And that is really what I feel 
led to tell everyone because there is great deception and there is this apostate church that are preaching the truth mixed with deception and so much that people are being sold on it as the truth. And I would say the majority, the majority of Christians here in the United States of America follow this apostate evangelical NAR dominionist movement and they are unaware. And when you try to tell them about it, they get angry. They come at you with a spirit of hatred and anger about it. They get very mad. In fact, you'll probably have people here this program that get very angry. Well, I'm sure we will, but that's okay. So yeah. tell me, um, give me a couple of characteristics of this uh, falling away of the new belief system. What does that look like? You mean of the NAR church? Yes. or the... yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the, this whole thing about, number one, they do something that is very unbiblical. In fact, the book of Jude warns us that not even Michael, the archangel, was stupid enough or ignorant enough to do such a thing. And that is taking authority over principalities. We can take authority over demons in the name of Jesus, but when it comes to principalities, we have to say the Lord rebuke you. In other words, we go to Jesus and ask him to do it for us when it comes to principalities, because if you try to stand against a principality, they will come at you. And if you're outside of God's will doing that, when he's warned you not to do that, you're in trouble. So these dominionists stand there and they come against principalities of the north, the east and the south and the west, and they get real uh, vocal about it. In fact, I used to do it because I was ignorant. I was part of this movement at one time. I grew up in the charismatic uh, Pentecostal church, and I was part of all of this. I didn't know. And um, when you do this, you're going against the word of God, and they, they want you to do that. They want to take everything over for the Lord and build the kingdom of heaven on earth. Well, I can tell you someone else who did something very similar. And we know what God felt about that. And that was Nimrod. Nimrod was building the Tower of Babel because he wanted to save the earth in case there was a flood again. His reason sounded good, but it was not good. And God was angry and confused the languages. And we know Nimrod was a picture of the first Antichrist type. So we don't, we are not in charge of building the kingdom of heaven on earth. The kingdom of heaven is not of this world. That's what the Bible says. The kingdom of heaven is not of this world. There is a kingdom of heaven that is within us and Jesus Christ will come and he will establish the kingdom of heaven on earth. It is not our job to do it. God does not take the, take the world by force. We're not supposed to meddle in our government system. We're not supposed to meddle in it. What did Jesus do? When Jesus came to this earth, he didn't meddle with that. He said, render unto Caesars what Caesars, and unto God what is God's. Jesus went around preaching the gospel message, preaching repentance, and telling people to repent and winning the lost. That's what Jesus did. He went around healing and doing things like that. But people, there's just a fine line. I mean, I'm not telling people that we should not pay attention or do anything about stuff that's going on in the government. I'm talking about mixing it in with our religion is what I'm talking about, the danger of it. So we can see that taking place. So these dominionists want to establish the kingdom of heaven on earth for Jesus because they believe God has to have us do it for him. And that's unbiblical. That is an antichrist spirit.
we're rejecting Christ and what he did for us, what he's going to do. And we're saying that God needs us to do it instead for Jesus. It is also antichrist to force Christianity. Okay. That's dominionist. For instance, Catholics are dominionist, uh, Muslims, a whole slew of different belief systems that are ungodly are dominionist. And that's not how we do it. And that's what's happening. People are so, so sold out on this whole thing because it's appealing to us. They want to shut, they want to shut down abortion clinics. They want to put God in schools in our government. That is awesome. And I would love that. I'm not against that, but we can't force that. Jesus will come and do that for us. I don't know if that makes sense or I'm explaining it right. I did in my documentary. Well, let me ask a couple of questions. Okay. Sure. Are you saying that uh, the word that you received is that we should abstain from political involvement? No. What I'm saying is that people need to be looking to God for their answers and they need to be trusting in him and repenting and leaning on him and not our system, especially when this system is falling away from us right now and deteriorating as it is. And it's becoming the real beast system. People need to start looking above to God and trusting in him. Too many people are trusting the system. Too many people are trusting the leaders. By trusting the system, you mean we're commanded to go against the flow if it doesn't coincide with the teachings of the Bible? Can you repeat that? Yeah, in other words, uh, don't just render your compliance as some people I think misuse Romans 13, render under Caesar what is Caesar. I think what I'm hearing you say is you have an obligation to your faith and to the Lord to not follow unchristian principles, no matter what your leaders say. Correct. We are to follow what God's word says, no matter what. Now, the Bible makes it clear that unless we are asked to do something that goes against God's word, we are to obey authorities. God has established certain authorities. We also know that the Lord gave dominion over the world government until Jesus returns to Satan. That's why there's so much evil and corruption in it. But we are to obey the leaders unless it's something that goes against God's word and what God tells us. Otherwise, we are in rebellion. Now, we can see rebellion going on like crazy all over the world right now. So we are not to be caught up in any of the rebellion. But if we're asked to do something that goes against what God's word tells us to do, then we are not to do it. We are to obey God first because God is our first priority, not the world. Okay, I have a follow-up on what you just said with regard to the firebombing, the murders, the mayhem, the destruction of public and private property. Do we have an obligation to speak out against it and call for uh, more civilized uh, means to solve problems? I think that that's something that that one would need to go to God about and find out what he wants them to do. Because I mean, it could be different for each person or depends on what your calling is. So I think that's something that you really just need to go to the Lord about and to pray about. I'm not saying that it's bad or sin to be concerned or talk about what's going on in the world. I mean, we're not asleep. We're supposed to be awake. We have to report what's going on as it relates to Bible prophecy to show people, to wake them up. 
There's nothing wrong with that. It's not wrong to stand up against the sin in this world, but we're not supposed to take it by force. That is, that's what Jesus comes and he sets up his kingdom. We're not supposed to be involved in anything sinful to do with it. Does that make sense? No, I totally agree. I'm not going to show up at ground zero and, and begin to thwart these evildoers. But what about the right to self-defense for yourself, your property, your family? I mean, I guess that depends on the situation, too. I know that's a very, very hot topic among people. Um, I know there's some scripture that where Jesus told them, I don't can't don't have it in front of me, can't remember what it was right now, but there was a scripture where Jesus told them to take their sword. And then there's the scripture where he rebuked Peter for cutting the ear off the Roman soldier. So that's, again, that's something you have to go to the Lord and seek him. You know, what is his will in that? Me personally, okay? If they were coming as part of a persecution to arrest me because I was preaching the truth, I only can go by the example that is given us in the Bible. So for me, if they came to arrest me and take me to jail or to come into my home because I was preaching the truth, I would have no other example other than Jesus and the disciples. And they didn't whip out a gun or a sword and hurt anyone. Now, this is if I was being arrested for preaching or teaching something to do with leading the lost. That's my personal conviction. I feel like I should do what Jesus did because you make a bold statement when you are put to death or taken captive for preaching the truth. That is a huge statement. That's why it happened to the disciples. That's you know part of what Jesus did for us. So that's my example. If it was something involving me preaching the truth of God's word. And then of course the disclaimer about taking life. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I try to reconcile this all the time. If I have an evil man who's armed, who comes into my house, I would have a hard time not resorting to base instincts and defending my family. Oh, certainly. If some evil man just came walking in my house uh, or wanted to do something on a day I had my children, I'd be getting my, uh, self-defense supplies out too and taking care of that. But my, (laughs) my conviction, yeah, my conviction would be if I was preaching the truth and I was persecuted over something to do with sharing the gospel, I would just let them do whatever to me. Interesting. That is the ultimate of faith. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about your ministry and what you're doing. And I know you've got some public outlets that I want you to tell people about so they can hear more about your views. Well, are you talking about Truth Hunters, the TV show? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. In fact, Celeste Salome, because I've been inviting uh, some people to have their own show on Truth Hunters, Celeste Salome now has her own show on Truth Hunters. In fact, they sent me one today. I have not uploaded it yet, but I'll probably do that tonight. But uh, I have a show on there. Celeste does. I'm still uploading my shows to YouTube. The reason I have Truth Hunters on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire, and a free app for any uh, Android or Apple device. The reason I did that is the Lord moved me to do that because I feel personally that we're going to be hindered more and more and more 
on YouTube and on public social media in the days ahead. Now, the hosting company that I use as my platform to have this show is a Christian hosting company. And so I, I don't know, the Lord moved me to do it. So I guess I'm pretty safe there. Eventually, I'm sure that would be affected too, but not as quickly as it is on YouTube and all these other public social media outlets. So that's, you know, that's what I'm doing there. And it's, uh, I think it's going to be being used more frequently by me in the coming days. How can people follow you on this? How can they find you? Well, they have to download the free app. It's all free. It's not free for me. I pay, I have to pay for it, but, um, but it is a free app and the show is free. So all you do is download it to your iPhone or your Android or your Roku or Apple TV or Amazon Fire. And it also has a area you can take notes on it. There's also a daily Bible reading plan and an online Bible and just stuff like that. It's a really nice app to have. So you can go look it up at the app stores. You can search for it on Roku, Apple TV, whatever. And I encourage everyone to go ahead and get the app in case something happens. Well, in case something happens, I think something is happening. Well, <laughs> in really case do. something, I I think, well, right now I'm still on YouTube. So in case something happens, meaning it's already heavily censored, like never before, who's to say next week or even tomorrow, our YouTube channels will even be there. True. So, yeah. So I just encourage everybody to go ahead and get a plus Celeste uploads a special show once a week. She did take one week off recently, but she uploads a special show that's exclusive to truth hunters. And Dave, you know who Celeste Sloan is. You've had oh, her I've on. interviewed her. Yes. Uh -huh. yeah. 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 So she has her own show there. She reveals a lot of really, really awesome jaw-dropping to say the least information so just uh everyone go get the app download it like i said it's all free so get the app while you can and praise god for that because dave you know firsthand what i'm talking about it is horrible facebook has done this thing now too yeah where they make it look like your video is restricted or something and you have to click these three little dots and select YouTube or Safari. Oh, or I know I've, I've seen that. That's deceptive on purpose. Lynn, my friend, we are flat out of time and I want to thank you for coming on. This has been really good. We've got to do this again sooner rather than later because I feel like we're in midstream with the word of the Lord and and I want you to feel free when the spirit moves you to contact me and we'll do another show. All right. Thank you so much. And God bless you, Dave. And God bless you, all of you who are listening out there. Thank you, Lynn. God bless you, too. Thanks.